How are you now? This is Sean Keefe and this is Scoreline Extra, podcast condensing down some of the interviews that we conducted on Scoreline over the weekend. It's been an absolutely hectic weekend. We brought you five live games. We'll be hearing post-match reaction from St. Kieran's College, Carlo Football and Hurling, Kilkenny Camogie and indeed Kilkenny Hurling. We'll also hear the thoughts of Derek McGrath, former Waterford manager, as he was looking ahead to the game versus Kilkenny. Very nice interview with Robbie. We'll be hearing from Clock Handball Club, who is the recipient of the February David Boogie Motors Sports Stars Award. So, massive congratulations to them. We'll be hearing about indoor soccer. We'll be hearing about rugby. We'll be talking to New Oak after they were crowned Premier Division champions. It was a very, 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 very busy weekend. Now we're going to hear the thoughts, though, of Derek Ling and Davy Fitz after Kilkenny met Waterford in a rain-drenched UPMC Nolan Park with Kilkenny booking their place in a semi-final of the league against Cork. Here's what Derek had to say. Derek Ling, Kilkenny manager. 18 points to 16, the final score. The Cats get the win. Your thoughts on the game? Look, a tough, tough game. Conditions were tough. Um, but I was really happy with our attitude. Um, it's all we fought really hard throughout the game and we had to we really had to battle, especially in the second half. They looked, they got the run, of, run on us, got a couple of points ahead. And, but we responded and that's, that's what it's all about. And um, So yeah, it gets us, look, it gets us another um, tough game again next weekend, which is what we want. We're testing the panel and lads are putting their hands up. Um, which is what we want before the championship so I'm, I'm reasonably happy Is that the kind of game where you nearly had to let them off and let them decide themselves and battle themselves and get through it themselves and you, you take so much out of that a battle like that Yeah I mean look I mean you, you come out like there's lots of lots of plans to have but look that's today um, our players are working so hard back to pitch sometimes then you're, they, they look up the pitch there might be anybody there and sometimes we have to be a little bit more composed on it and but that's it's tough conditions. Waterford found it tough as well. Obviously, they they played an extra man at the back, which um, is always difficult to play against, and they're very they're very used to that. Um, but still, I lots of room for us to improve, um, and that's okay. I I, I I don't expect us to be um, I don't expect us to be perfect, and we're far from that. But we've plenty to work on. I think we'll improve. We'll keep improving. Um, once the attitude is right, I'm happy. Is the learning from today? I know that's a real rugby word, but is the learning from today? to have someone up there to battle because at times you were turning the ball over or going from a puck out and there was no one in year forward line to win the possession yeah no look at times at times look at we we didn't hold on to it it didn't stick um, and it has to especially when an extra man back but it's not easy either like you know I accept that and sometimes the delivery of the ball didn't really favour some of the forwards as well so look there's lots of things it's not that the forwards worked hard they chased really hard and look we, we, uh, we'll just look to improve on it and finally a semi-final against Cork next week how good is it to have another good game like that another big game uh, look it's great because we need it we've lads we've, you know, we obviously picked up a few knocks during the week and hopefully one or two coming back next week unfortunately we might have got a couple more today but we're getting lads exposed to these big games which is, which is great cheers Derek thanks Oshie alright Davey Fitzgerald, Waterford manager. A two-point defeat here in UPMC, Nolan Park. But uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Oh, we could have won it. Um, like, it was there for the win. We probably had a, too many wise in the first half. But I can't fault the effort. And I thought we were pretty much on the mark of um, trying to tie him down as much as possible and have the shooting opportunities ourselves. And we did that, you know. Um, so... Overall, I'm happy, and they'll be fighting for places going into the championship. That's the most important thing. So, um, 
there's a big few months ahead, please God, and let's see how we go. At times we saw Daisy Hutchinson roaming back to get on roaming back to get on the ball. Is that where you want him because he's a good hurler and he can play anywhere? Because you know yourself, people would say, "Well, get him close to goal." But what what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts, I, I don't really care what people think. Tell you the truth, yeah. whether they think he should be out or in. What Daisy will do is he will be out and in. Like he'll, he'll do a mix of both of them, right? Um, and you're going to see that. See well, and I think if you look at today's conditions, very heavy, very wet. The ball wasn't travelling the way you wanted. Did we get ball inside today? We got a number of ball inside today, as you could see, um, at different times. We got scores over. He had just moved out, and um, he's got that freedom to move in and out as he wants, um, to try and get himself in the game or to stay inside if he wants. So that would be Desi's call some of the times as well, just to be smart on what he's doing. How you fix going into the championship? Are you happy that you've got a lot of players game time and that you know an awful lot more about the squad than obviously when you started a few months ago? And you know you're kind of um, you've, you've got a lot out of the league. Yeah, yeah. What well, like? I'm only in training from three or four months. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, you're not going to work miracles in three or four months. Like, do we have to change certain ways? What for the plan we do? Well, to me, yeah, they've they've been not earning a final and they've been totally outplayed in the championship last year. We have to look at what we're doing. If that takes a year or two to get it done, that's fine. Whatever it is, it is. We have a plan to hopefully know where we're going and we're going to stay with that and I don't really care what anyone thinks we're staying with what we're doing and we'll give it a go and if that works then how bad all, all that matters for this team is trying to get over the line um, and if it takes the next year or after whatever we'd stay with it um, I can remember in Clare it took two or three years in Wexford it took three years um, if we can get it done sooner fine but the lads are very good to stick to the process we have things to do and we'll stay with that process Cheers David Thanks. Cheers lad Tom, uh, good to finish the league with a win, uh, positive, and uh, albeit it was a competitive game as well. To be fair, in fairness, to Derry to put up a girl battle there. Oh no, it was excellent, Brennan. Yeah, it was. It was exactly what what we expected, and um, I, I think over the course of the 70 minutes, the lads responded well to the challenges that were put there. Um, and I think in the first half, we, when we got opportunities, we kind of made the most of them. Missed a few opportunities last week. Water under bridge, but you took a good few opportunities this week. Got some nice scores from open play. Yeah, and I'd say missing those opportunities last week ultimately cost us the game. I, I, I know everyone would thought maybe Offaly but Offaly converted a lot of their chances we didn't convert a lot of ours and as a result they probably deserve to win the game overall like you know but today we, we took our chances the first half and even when, when Derry came back at us in the second half any opportunity we got there we took it and made the most out of it like you know I said it to you last week it's coming good at the right time a few more lads got a chance to play for Carla today as well Tom and you said at the outset down in Kerry that day that you know play the way they want to play come you'll allow that make mistakes but everyone seems seems to be working and coming well together for you at the right time albeit horrible conditions I yeah the conditions weren't good but I suppose were that way for both teams um, the, the league we've definitely tried to Im- improve the strength of the panel over the course of the league now we're down to kind of the main competition of the year the Joe Mack um, and it's, it's to get our heads right for that and, and, and get our bodies and, and just be ready to go at it like you know Three weeks to the Joe Mack what kind of preparations now all competitive games over sports but I'm sure you'll have a few warm ups and that and just keep everything simple but no better man than yourself you have plenty of experience now as a banished door but it's going to be a fantastic tournament and it's never simple to win it the games are always very close three at home two away and probably a very very difficult one to start off with David Herity coming to town with Kildare uh, look at Kildare are, you mean obviously they're kind of in, in the league final after today's results um, and stuff that way they're going well they've, they've, they've a settled team they've a, they've a good panel there and as I said David Herity's doing an excellent job on them so they're going to be a massive test for us they're the first one up you mean and, and they're the form team in, in, at, at, at this level in, in, in the country at, at, at this point in time so it'll be up to us to get our, get, get our own house in order and, but we'll probably know by the end of the, by the final whistling 
in, in that game exactly where we're at I mean the last couple of years we're disappointed maybe not to get we've lost out for various different reasons but ultimately when you when you boil it down we just missed out for kind of reasons that were within our were within our own control so we're hoping to kind of take control this year and and, um, and, and I know we've been kind of um, over the course of the league experimenting and, and trying different lads but we have game time in, 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 in enough bodies to kind of be able to get us right now for the Joe Mack Before I let you go on reflection of the league Tom of the five games what do you take most out of it? Um, I think they were competitive. Um, I, I think the, the, our, our panel. Um, I mean, when we're when we're strong and and, and, and are going well, we're kind of going very well um, and stuff that way. Um, and I think. I suppose we just learned we, we have experience under our belt you mean like all the teams at this level are are, are, are highly competitive they're, they're well organised you mean they're tactically aware and things that way so I mean that's that's been a lesson for us over the course of this competition OK well listen we've enjoyed broadcasting the matches I know it wasn't a 100% record for Tom Lally, but I worked with a man one time and said you lose a hell of a lot more in sport than you ever win let's hope Carla can do well in the John Mac and thanks for everything in the Alliance National League too. it's always a pleasure to deal with you No problem at all thanks Brendan Thanks, thanks Tom Good man thank you Thanks for that Brian, listen, well done. It was a complete performance, and after the heartbreak of last year to come back and win in Crow Park this year and win it in style, I might add. But well done. Yeah, look, we're thrilled. I suppose you know, I suppose people look from the outside say this thing here and win a lot of titles, but this particular group, we haven't won much silverware in the last couple of years. You know, June All Ireland, we lost that in Rye, and um, last year obviously we lost the All Ireland, we lost the colleges, the Leinster final this year. So we said at half time we had no trophy the last few years, and the one thing we weren't coming back in the second half was without that trophy, and thank God we have it now, and we're delighted. Picked off some lovely scores in that second half. The goals were class, and. Uh, Worked well and restricted them to very little scores. I think two from play. Yeah, look, the goals were unbelievable. I think Anthony Iron Wall scored a scored a goal um, in the first half there. You know, it's, it's rider over stuff. Just buried the ball in the top corner. You know, Donna got a great goal as well. And look, you have to you have to get goals to win big matches. And thankfully, we got them today. And you had to use your panel as well because you made changes and, and it worked as well. And everything worked well for you today. Gosh, look, I suppose when you win, you say everything worked. Uh, you know, but look, we have we have a strong panel. We know that, and we had to bring in subs there. There was lads cramping up. Uh, you know, it was a very physical game. Um, you know, I don't think it was a dirty stroke in the whole game. It was a great game of hurling. And look, I think we pulled away in the end all right but look for 50-55 minutes of that game there was nothing in it and look we, I think the goals were definitely the difference in the end Well listen well done after losing last year and coming back and doing it this year and as I said doing it in style congratulations from everybody in KSC Lauren well done OK thanks a million thank you Oh, with Killian Corgan Killian a great performance a great win for the college you have to be happy yeah it's brilliant you know luckily when you look bad you think we're you know, <laughs> um, since 2019 since we last won it you know and it's been four years and my brother and Dean Mason and own Cody were on that team last and you know we're, we want to win every year but look things haven't happened the last few years last year you know we came up against Ars Golarish and we lost look we knew this year we weren't going to leave it behind and we didn't so we're happy enough Shamrock's lads always do well in Croke Park don't yeah. you I can't complain look I was only thinking about going up it's going to be my fifth time now playing in three months and uh, it's just brilliant to experience and the exposure and getting you know I'm playing with TJ Colin Joey all this, all these players bring me on and then when you step down to Cairns it's just that bit easier and it brings you on and it helps you exceed and you're just delighted there now with it. that's me second All-Ireland in three months my second my second All-Ireland in three months so I can't complain well listen congratulations I'll be happy down in Ballyhill for you tonight and well done they will yeah they give me great they give me uh, they're always behind me the Ballyhill as the Siobhan Kendi's always putting up on the Instagram and John Kendi support me and getting texts from management TJ Colin they all wish me the best of luck every time so I'm absolutely delighted with it ok you can have a day off Monday ah yeah well I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take it off thanks Killian and joined by Donna Murphy now among Glenster Rangers Donna well done you got a crack on goal it was a great performance thanks. and uh, you'll be a happy man for your family your club I suppose and certainly for the college. 
well done today. Oh, yeah, look, it's it's brilliant. The hurt from last year to come up, the performances we put in on all year, and then to lose in the final, it was it was devastating, you know. So this year, now we really put the heads down, and we, we oh, I'm just I'm, I'm delighted we grinded out on today. There's there's no better feeling than this. You finished that goal very well. We won't mention the fresh air before that. <laughs> no, we, we we certainly won't mention the fresh air. But no, I'm I'm just happy to go away there anyway. To be honest with you, I, I just I just whipped at it and sure look, I went in. So happy, I'm delighted. I, I can't I can't put it into words. It's a different game hurling. I know from years ago you wouldn't remember because you're too young. But I seen you back playing in the full back lane as the game went on. But uh, you covered every blade of grass out there. So well done. Oh, hello. They were the the last minutes. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't feel my legs myself. They were cramping up left left right and centre. So oh, no, I I I'm delighted. I, I just we came in today and. We just say, look, we're going to leave here. We just don't want to have any regrets, so we're going to work ourselves into the ground, and our skills will come after that. So I'm glad we did. I'm glad we got the job done in the end. 3 13 was a great return. Ah, it was. It was. Adam. Our forwards and little Rory Glynn, oh my God, he was savage. He was unbelievable. He's. he's He's a, he's a savage talent and a, I, I'm so happy with all the boys and how they work today I think the big thing you'll take out of this apart from winning an All-Ireland title is the fact that you've been here last year heartbreaking come back and you can do it this year would have been heartbreaking but you did, you've did you done it and not only did you do it the team's done it but you've done it in style with that cracking goal as well so well done I'm sure you're a proud man thanks very much Yeah. Oh, last time I saw you was at the Leinster Rangers dinner dance don't celebrate too hard tonight <laughs> right? I can't make any promises thanks very much come on thank you Now, as promised, I'm joined by former Waterford manager Derek McGrath to look ahead to tomorrow's fifth round Allianz National Hurling League Division 1B clash at UPMC Nolan Park between great rivals and neighbours, of course, Kilkenny and Waterford. That game you can hear live on KCLR from quarter to two tomorrow afternoon. Derek, thanks ever so much for joining me today. How are you? Good now, Nana Butter, Robbie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, Derek, I suppose the first question and the obvious question, it's a final round league game. How do you see it going between um, two, I think what many people would describe as evenly matched sides going into this one? Yeah, it's interesting. I suppose there's been so much conjecture around uh, the seriousness or not of the league. It's, it's probably a straightforward. It is a straightforward quarter final, really. I think they can need a draw, but if Waterford win, it puts them into a semi final, I think. Look, um, if you analyse last weekend, I suppose you look at you look at Kilkenny's performance against Dublin was was very strong. You look at our performance; there was elements of it very very strong. We've obviously suffered a couple of injury losses in that Austin and, and Connor Prunty are out, and, and Jamie Barron is suspended. So three major kind of players, um, uh, you know, the spine of our team, and actually like missing tomorrow. But Kilkenny seemed to be, you know, listening to Derek Ling afterwards, you know, interviewed. He seemed to be very keen on getting to a semi final, and the Kilkenny motivational kind of momentum I suppose in terms of how it developed under Brian over the years is certainly sustained and that they would feel that getting to the semi-final and indeed the final might be um, you know might be the, the, the right path if you like and that, that might be based on having Westmead in the first round of the Leinster Championship so it'll be interesting I suppose because Kenny probably marginally favourites in the hookies I see are, are a good bit favourites I suppose but um, I think Waterford are going to play well tomorrow having said that you know Yeah and obviously a Waterford team coming to Nolan Park at any stage are going to be very determined to try and get a result even if it is um, the league and however important that's being taken at the moment who knows but um, how do you see Waterford so far Davy Fitzgerald obviously returned to the job for his second spell in charge it's been quite positive I would have thought but from being inside the county what's the sort of sentiment? Yeah, initially, I think there was a bit of scepticism, which was very surprising when Davy was appointed in the summer. But I think it's it's that's kind of almost revolved to to an element of, of optimism now. In that, you know, 
there's not too many All Ireland winning managers, National League winning managers, Leinster Championship, Munster Championship winning managers available. So I think Davy's fit is a good one. I think again, as an ex-manager, you're doing actually the best to kind of keep your distance from from the players. You know, you just don't you don't want to be kind of around if you like the place. You almost feel yeah. that you can kind of be sometimes a shadow lurking over it. So you can't stay away from them generally. But you know, listening to the guys in my own club, there's there's a sense of they're very happy with with the training and how it's going. And look, they have a there's probably a definitive prescribed plan to what they're trying to do, trying to mix up, I suppose, defensive solidity, making sure they're compact at the back, and and you know mix the kind of running game that they're obviously trying to develop and has been developed over years, if you like, with with ensuring that the likes of Daisy and and Michael Kiley etc are supplied with good balls. So a similar probably platform to, to most teams. I know. Listening to your own commentary, I was tuning into your own commentary on on the Kilkenny Tipperary game, and um, you know three three weekends ago, and it was you know people kind of giving out about the malaise around the short passing, etc. So you know it's 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 interesting to watch the approaches in that I feel that most teams are actually trying to play the same way. It's just who's more clinical and skillful on on a particular day and who performs the skills better um, invariably tend to win the match. You know. Yeah, and I really would like to delve into that in further detail a little bit later on in terms mm. of the style of play in modern day hurling. Mm. But yeah. th- just just with a concentration on tomorrow's game, what you know, you you obviously won a league with Waterford. First of all, what sort of importance is put on the league in Waterford? And secondly, what would a win against Kilkenny in their own backyard do for them heading into what would be just the most competitive of Munster championships once more? Yeah, look, the first question is interesting in that. The league. Look, if you if, if you're a manager of one of the top teams, and I consider Watford and Kilkenny to be the top teams, it's a dream scenario, really. In that you're nearly, you know, you're nearly guaranteed, with due respect to the other, to the, to the kind of bottom teams in the league, you're nearly guaranteed to avoid relegation. So the momentum, the the, the kind of the psychological influence of, of relegation on a team can can permeate its way into championship performances. So you're free of that, right? Now, so. The journey that a team is on, it really depends on how serious you take the league. So we won a league in 15, and I would argue that the three subsequent All-Ireland semi-final appearances in 15, 16, and 17 were on the back of the confidence garnered from the league. If you're a team like Limerick that have four All-Irelands in the last five years, you might need to win the league. So if you look at the teams that are doing well, all teams under new management, Tipperary under Liam Cahill, um, Pat Ryan, um, Pat Ryan McCork, um, Derek Green with Kilkenny. You know, I'd say, you know, I, I'm hoping that a team that wins the league this year will be one of the three in either the Leinster or Munster Championship, and it will completely get rid of the myth that Waterford's collapse last year was was due to the fact that they peaked or won in the league. I, I would just feel it was just they met better teams on on a given day, and it just the, the reason around the league was was kind of you know a, a league performance is not not akin to a championship. It's just these things can happen, and sport throws up conundrums like that. And the second question, I suppose, what would it do? I think it would. Look, Waterford heading to Portugal on Monday for a training week for for the camp. So for a camp, so their their preparation for a league semi final would be, you know, they're heading to Portugal to be ready for the twenty third of April against Limerick in Torlis, as opposed to being ready for a league semi final or final. So um, the answer lies therein with Waterford, I suppose. I think you'll expect a really good performance from Waterford, but I don't think there'll be any. You know, and I think the media have played a role in presenting the league almost as kind of non-competitive as well. You know, and that I don't know any inter-county dressing room or player that would go out and not be ultra-competitive on a given day. So to answer your second question, what would it mean to Waterford? I think it would be just a step towards the 23rd of April as opposed to a step towards the league semi-final. 
and just to stay focused on the league from but from a Kilkenny perspective and it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to get your point of view here obviously um you're a Watford man you became the Watford manager and pressures come with that likewise for Derek Ling he was a renowned Kilkenny legend really in his playing days under 20 manager very successful winning the All-Ireland last year and now he's the boss of the senior side what's that first year like in a job with your own county being the senior manager and how do you approach the league in that first year compared to maybe in the years to come yeah, well, look, again, I'll go back to what I said about, about the Kilkenny machinations and that there's, there's a consistency of effort in Kilkenny regardless of who's in charge, and that's not taken away. I've never met, I don't know Derek Ling, I know Michael Rice, he's actually vice principal in the school, in the school alongside of us here down in Waterpark. The one thing I'd say is the steadiness of the backroom team is very obvious. You know, Peter Barry, Michael Rice, Connor Phelan, uh, I think Mikey Comerford is still involved. Derek Lung, I think Jerry Fitzpatrick is a, is a good guy that was involved in Waterford for years. I think he's doing a bit of psychology with Kilkenny. Like, there's real steadiness there. The second thing I'd say is the courage to go into the hot seat that's vacated by by someone that's renowned as being probably the most famous iconic GA manager of all time. So there's the there's the gumption, I suppose. There's no you know, and and I love Derek's early interviews where he just spoke about just didn't even come into. I love a guy that won't consider the outcome. He'll just consider the whole process of doing it, giving his best to it, what he can bring to it himself, and real humility to his approach there. So. I think you're on the first stage of the journey to answer your question wins build momentum wins kind of gather a bit of confidence in terms of the new management team the new style not the new style even the principles of Kilkenny's play and in every inter-county dressing room are based on honesty and competitiveness and, and giving everything you can to the cause and who you represent that, that's that's kind of you know not up for, for debate I suppose what, what's what's evident or what's beginning to become evident is the development of, of maybe you know, keeping the ball a bit more often when when you're running, you know, playing it through the lines, but mixing that up with the old Kenny approach of getting it in early as well. I'd say that'll be Derek's ultimate aim. And just before we move away and probably ask bigger questions and just focus on tomorrow's game, mm-hmm. how do you see it going? I know obviously you'll have um, a, a mm-hmm. tendency to, to go for Watford, but um, how do you see the, tomorrow's match panning out, I suppose, and what will the outcome be? Well, I think we'll see a rehearsal for what Watford intend to do in the Championship. So I think in the second half last Saturday night, Tyg went back to in kind of as whatever you like to call it now a plus one or a sit and six or a or, or you know a sweeper or whatever you like to call it and <coughs> Watford ran the ball from from deep and they actually created three or four goal scoring chances on the back of that running game and Kilkenny traditionally have have been troubled by Wexford's game plan if you like when Davey was manager when he came to and last year even when Dio Keith was the Wexford sweeper Kilkenny were beaten in the championship by Wexford Kilkenny have traditionally been troubled by that now, and I like that Alex was that's the reason perhaps Porrig Welch is at four um, over the last couple of games in that invariably there's only ever two in the full forward right now and Porrig Welch will find himself free a good bit of, of the game so I think Waterford will play well but I think Kilkenny will win because I think their need to go to the semi-final and final is greater based on building momentum ahead of the Leinster Championship and again absolutely no disrespect to Westmead but I think Kilkenny's first game in the Championship is Westmead and they will want to perhaps you know, pit themselves against a kind of a Limerick or a, or a Cork in a potential league final uh, or a Tipperary, whatever the two teams come out, um, and and that would be good, I suppose, simulation ahead of of the championship starting in in, in um, on the twenty the weekend, I think, of the twenty second, twenty third of April. To move it on, and I suppose you know people will always focus on the championship, especially once it comes around. I think the league maybe uh, takes a back seat. 
What's a successful year for Waterford under Davy Fitzgerald? Didn't get out of Munster last year. Is that the first focus and you take it from there or how will he be looking at it? I think you've, you've probably answered the question there yourself in that one of the three spots in Munster and Waterford become very dangerous opposition. You know, whether it's whether it's Munster snobbery down here, we, we would feel, I suppose, that the Munster competition, I suppose, the level of competition, you know, from Limerick down, if you like, Limerick, Cork, Tip, Clare, Waterford, um, you know, there's there's an element of competition there, uh, you know. That and I'm not saying the element of competition is not in Leinster, by the way, but it just there seems to be a kind of a, you know, I I often say to myself that Galway are second in the in the in the betting after after um, Limerick at the moment, we'll say. And I always say to myself, geez, if Watford playing Galway, I'd fancy it. Like you know, Cal, the two years ago Watford, you know, they railroaded Galway in, in a one-off yeah. championship match, and I, you know, so I so I suppose to answer your original question is one of the three spots. And if, if you're not in a Munster final, not the end of the day, you have a Joe McDonough finalist or, or a runner-up, and then you're into a quarter-final with the losers of Leinster. And the path then for Waterford is, is you know, it's, it's just, listen, I'm talking to you, and as I'm talking to you, I'm kind of viewing the calendar in my headspace, and I'm saying our first two matches in the, Leinster, in the Munster Championship are Limerick in Curlis and Cork in Parky Creeve. And we just have to get something from one of those two matches and perhaps head into the renewal of rivalries in the last game against Tip. Um, where everything's on the line, and that that would be that would be particularly you know interesting based on on the events of last Saturday night too. So that's to answer your question. You know, I was manager of eight, in eighteen. Um, we drew we drew one match. We lost the other three matches. The famous Austin goal, um, Austin goal score. We didn't win a match in nineteen. We won one match last year against Tipperary. We collapsed against Clare, against Cork, and against you know we played well against Limerick, but lost three matches. So our record our record is paltry. I think we've won one game. In 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 the twelve round robin games and drew one, so we've two out of twelve, which is um, horrendous really when it comes to the record in the Munster Championship. So I think it's clear all the eggs are in the one basket around that approach, and I just have a feeling Davy will will come up with something that will that will allow us maybe secure one of those three spots. I'm sure Watford fans would be delighted to hear that, but to give yourself a bit of credit, you, you mentioned eighteen there. And the reason I'm bringing that up, there was no home advantage that year, if I remember correctly, Walsh Park was closed. It's similar this year, if, if I'm not wrong. It's, there'll be no yeah. home advantage, as you said, they're playing Limerick in Turles, so that will be Waterford's home game mm-hmm. as such. How big a disadvantage is that? Yeah, look, again, I'm, I'm going back to 18 in my own headspace there, and I'm kind of saying we didn't probably fight hard enough for, for Walsh Park. I think, look, I think it's a disadvantage, right, because if you're training and preparing in your own field, um, you know, like I'm sure there's a siege mentality. I'd, I'd like to see the championship statistics around Nolan Park or league league statistics yeah. around Nolan Park how many times. You know, and I know under Liam Cal that bar the Cork match last year, I think Waterford were undefeated in his reign in terms of league and championship up up to the Cork match last year. So if you're preparing in your own home field and you're getting it ready for, you know, a, a visitor, I suppose, you can you can make everything suitable to your needs, if you like. And I'm not talking about shortening the pitch, I'm just talking about the whole hostility and the whole kind of crowd getting behind you kind of thing. I think that's an advantage, right? Now having said that in 18 we went to Limerick twice which is a traditional graveyard for Waterford in terms of I, I think I was in the, at the Munster final with my late dad in 82 or 83 in Limerick can't remember what year but we were we were hockeyed or, or could be Munster semi-final but anyway the point I make I suppose is, is Turles would be the traditional fallback for Waterford when it comes to you know what we view as kind of almost a second ground and in terms of logistically I think Waterford there are three games in a row I think I think they're there no not three games in a row but they're there for Limerick and then they're there for Clare 
and they're there for, for tip if you like you know so they're there three out of their four games they're going to be in Thurles they were there last Saturday night um, you know they'll be able to kind of simulate exactly what will happen in terms of logistically and organisational um, uh, arrangements on a particular day so as I said, it's very hard to predict because, um, you know, Limerick are, are a team that are flowing at the moment without even being full, 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 100% out, if you like. So it'll be it'll be interesting because, but I just, you know, I, I'd be more optimistic this year, um, even though I was hugely optimistic ahead of the league last, but I just have a, a kind of a more of a sense that there, there's a couple of ambushes coming from Waterford and, and that's, hopefully we can, we can, that mentality will help us. And just finally, because I'd like to get kind of your similar opinion on Kilkenny from their point of view, but just with Waterford, the team has been named for tomorrow. Just, we've seen the style of play now. What should people be looking out for if they're listening into the game or watching the game? Yeah, well, interesting, just from a tactical point of view, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Tyg is sweeping, as they say, can they transition to fill six spots on the pocket? So when Owen Murphy, or I think it's Darren Brennan, actually, is it... Um, is going to hit his puck outs. Is Porrig Welch available for a free pocket? Or, you know, if, if Kilkenny are six against five, because if, if Waterford go with a seventh, they'll give Kilkenny an automatic sixth a free defender. And if Porrig Welch is that guy, can Waterford, you know, transition fast enough? And what that means is the minute the ball goes over the bar for a point for, hypothetically, for Desi Hutchinson, are we able to fill the six spots? And that involves so much fitness to be able to push up and then be able to you know, transition back to have the sweeper free. So that, that'll be one interesting point from a Waterford perspective or from a spectator's perspective. The other one will be, I suppose, the traditional abhorrence that Waterford or that, that Kilkenny have for, for short puckets. I've sat alongside of many Kilkenny supporters over the years and if a short pucket goes wrong, it's it's almost akin to a death in a family. You know, and it's, 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 there's an abhorrence for it and I'll be interested to see from a Kilkenny point of view you know, that, that continuing development of mixing it up between running the ball out from defence, offloading passes and delivering into the traditional kind of threat that there is invariably in the in the Kilkenny attack. And, you know, you look at kind of the setups, I suppose, and you look for, for you know, reasons why Kilkenny might do that. And you have, you know, you have TJ to come back into it whenever. You'll have Walter Welch to come back. I think he's named on the bench tomorrow. But Owen Cody is very good himself in the year. And Kilkenny vary it well, and they've done that for years, I'd argue. And if we are now to focus on Kilkenny, you mentioned it there, maybe that Tipperary game. There was a lot of talk afterwards in terms of maybe the lack of an impl- implementation of the Shark game. But I think other people would have looked at it and said that, you know, you take the pain now for maybe the gain further along the line. How, do, how have you seen Kilkenny so far in terms of really trying to put a different style of play on it from Derek Ling's point of view? Yeah, I don't think it's as different as people... I read a really good interview with Martin Fogarty, I said it's over six weeks ago now, where he actually talked about... He talked about hurling in general and where it's gone, and, you know, that everyone was trying to ape or copy the, the, the Limerick style of play, which was kind of two inside, a kind of zonal defence, keeping the ball where necessary, hitting it long where necessary. And I, I would have actually given Kilkenny the credit for that over the years in terms of, you know, I, I played in the 92 Munster, or All-Ireland minor final. I watched Pat O'Neill centre-back in the next match, um, Kilkenny against Cork in the rain, I think, in 92 or 93, can't remember the exact year, but I remember Pat O'Neill not stirring from the edge of the D 
um, you know, while Welsh's midfielders were basically on top of him, Welsh's half forward and were on top of him, and I kind of said to myself, you know, I just the 16-year-old coach to me was kind of saying, Jesus, there might be something in this defensive solidity. So I think, you know, the point I'm making, I suppose. The, the newness that is espoused about about Kilkenny, I don't think it's as new as possible. What I'm saying is, if Barry Welch is coming out with a ball and he has Paddy Deegan available, and Paddy Deegan hasn't, his man hasn't followed him, he's going to hit it to Paddy Deegan. Yeah. You know, and then Paddy Deegan's going to pop it from distance. So I think the Kilkenny players were always encouraged to play it as they see it in front of them. And I think what there is, is there's this kind of um, narrative that kind of, I suppose, permeates its way to groups or because there's a, a new manager. You know, players these days are probably looking for more information than they ever looked for. You know, years ago you hear, well, we just went out and we played, etc. And that's, you know, the simple game is kind of uh, espoused by different people. But I think generally players nowadays, they, they want information, they want structure, but they still want to be able to express themselves. And that's that's a Kilkenny model, I'd say. You know, and, and there's still room for emotion as well in the game in terms of the, the old-fashioned rivalry that exists between between Kilkenny and, and Waterford. And I think that'll be evident as well tomorrow. So for me to answer your question around the, the new style of play I listened to, to your own um, commentary of, of and indeed the half time commentary around Kilkenny and Tipperary and, and you know you could see that and it was you know you'll get the, the texts in from people that would say what are they trying to do and they're trying to develop this I don't think I think if they're more clinical with, 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 with the passes that were dropped that particular day they wouldn't be worried about it because it'll be just making the right decision at a given time and I asked you about Waterford in terms of the team is in for Kilkenny as well what should we be looking out for tomorrow in particular now that it is the final round of the league against you know as I said a great rival and what will be a very competitive game you would have thought yeah, well, look, we, we have a bit of newness in the team. Paulie Fitzgerald has picked a corner forward from Kilrossendy, a traditional football club. People would know him from playing with this year with SETU, very, very good player. Mark Fitzgerald is is playing at full-back tomorrow. He he played with UL, won a, won a Fitzgibbon with UL in that particular position. And with Conor Prunty, kind of injury-prone, with a look out for Mark's performances. And I suppose... I, I, I'm a big fan over the years of John Donnelly. You know, I, I always... I always felt he's very silken, very skilled, brilliant in the air. And I see he's picked at 11 again tomorrow. And you wonder is Ling beginning to say to Donnelly, listen, lead lead, lead the attack now in the absence of, of TJ. Because the last couple of years I've noticed he's come in and out off the bench and that kind of stuff. And I I think the All-Ireland against Tipperary, would that be 219? I can't or against it Was it 219 like Tipperary beat Kenny in the All-Ireland final? I think I... I, I um, yeah, that was I, it, 2019. I, yeah, I was real impressed with John Donnelly's progress that year. And I just think he's a beautiful stick man, you know, as well has been good in the air so I'll be interested to see how he performs at 11 um, and obviously we're, we're all continuing to watch the the kind of um, the difference of Billy Drennan if you like all, all be great on the free he's good from play and he's just he looks a bit different if you like as a player he's kind of tall he's 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 um he's different looking and he gives Kilkenny a different threat in the air I think and that hasn't been seen yet where he he's very well capable of winning the ball in behind in the air as well so I'd be looking for that variation from Kilkenny in terms of getting it into the Billy Drennan and, and another underrated player I would see with Kilkenny is Mossy Keown and that you know a fellow that you're saying oh, he's not really going well and all of a sudden he has one three or one four after his name so that's what I'd be looking out from from both 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 particular teams the running game from Waterford with Colin Dunford and and um, Stephen Bennett and and Jack Prendergast and maybe the relocation of Daisy to closer to the goal tomorrow and he, you know what he'll be happy that Mikey Butler is not named in the full back line for, for, um, for Kilkenny because Mikey has been kind of a scourge to him over the last the last couple of years he's been very tight on Daisy 
And I just wanted to ask you, Derek, as well, because in your time in charge, I suppose, and you've mentioned the word narrative there, a lot of the narrative at that time with yourself and Davy Fitzgerald, particularly with Wexford, was the sweeper. And I'm sure you were absolutely blue in the face about listening yeah. about it all the time. Yeah. Now the talk is, as I've mentioned on multiple occasions at this stage, style of play, short game, yeah. stuff like that. As a manager, and now outside of the inter-county game for the moment, at least... Mm-hmm. How frustrating is that? Because I, I look at you and the job you did at Waterford, a really, really good job, and you have these criticisms of style of play or whatever it may be. Are you ever thinking to yourself in the back of your mind, God, lads, evolve a bit, move it on? Do you know what I mean? I mean it's it's yeah, not 1964 well, look, look, anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of things. But look, I, you know, I hear this argument about traditionalists versus kind of innovator, if you like, about everybody. You know, and I. But one thing I would always say is. I'm a traditionalist. We're all traditionalists. First of all, we love the game. We absolutely love the game. I'm a teacher for 23 years. I'm out. I'm out three days a week for the last 20 years with boys after school. I'm not. I'm not implementing strategies and game plans. We're out there to hurl, and we, we love the game. I hurl at every level level at Watford, albeit a very short senior career. But that doesn't mean you don't you don't love the game. So I don't. I don't accept that the principles of the play in terms of wanting the game to flow are 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 not evident with. Um, with, 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 with so-called innovators. The other thing is I'm heartened now. I get a bit of retrospective kind of gladness and maybe an inward smile when I hear people talking about plus ones or, you know, I saw last last Sunday night where, where Tipperary having 12 or 13 back were, were, was highlighted on, on, on a league Sunday, if you like. You know, where you have 12 or 13 back inside their own 30 yeah. and they were applauding it. And I'm thinking, geez, in 15 and 16 when they were saying our forwards should be up the field. You know, I, <laughs> so I, get, a, I get a little moment of, I won't say bitterness, but I get a little moment of anger. And then I kind of say, Jesus, if I was ever back in the hot seat, I would never afraid to be, be afraid to be myself again, if you like, because, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to take a team and try and stymie them in any way. I don't know any manager that would win and say, and we'll try and restrict an Austin Gleeson or a, or a Tyg de Borca or a, or a, you know, a Jamie Barnes. And I suppose the, 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 the bit of contentment I take is that it was actually the system that allowed those guys to flourish. And I think Davy will find that as well. You know, it, it, you know they became household names and all-stars on the back of being able to flourish on, on the back of what was perceived. So some perceived to be a kind of defensive system, but sometimes you get the rubber perception and sometimes you don't. And I think somewhere in between probably lies the truth. So, and, and look, I'll take it forward six weeks' time if, if Kilkenny are playing Wexford and Wexford Park in the last round of the Munster or Leinster Championship and everything is dependent on it and Wexford are playing with a seventh defender with, with D. O'Keefe and they're running that ball through the lines and they're making it difficult for Kilkenny you know Derry Gling will be the you know will be will be on the end of criticism for not evolving and, and modernising the game to keep pace with it as opposed to going long etc so there would be interesting narratives but they're strong enough if you're in inter-county management you're strong enough to deal with those things but when you're out of it I suppose you kind of you say to yourself God the, the narrative has, has evolved and changed now when people say to me that's the modern game now I would see the modern game as being in existence since Cyril Farrell put an extra midfielder out in 1986 I think between Cork and Galway so the memories stretch a little bit further for some people than others but um, look and Cody was at the heart of that I I would argue <laughs> as I say I'll give you another example I'm, I'm ranting on a small bit now but 2016 All-Ireland semi-final replay we got word that TJ Reid and Richie Hogan would be midfield for Kilkenny and Michael Finley would sit in on our sweeper um, tied to work and I said no no way and when I went down to the throwing here was TJ Reid and Richie Hogan so innovation has been at the heart of Kilkenny's evolution over the years as well 
Well, I think that's a nice story to end on going all the way back to that. Um, brilliant, brilliant two games, I must say, in the semi final in 2016. Um, Derek McGrath thanks ever so much for speaking to me today you can hear you had the passion you have for the game hopefully we see you back in inter-county management in the not too distant future but until then uh, as I say thanks ever so much and enjoy the game tomorrow listen thanks a million mind yourself Lyle Carew Carlo manager disappointing result against Sligo you played very well for long periods of that game but it goes back to the good old story just not converting the chances yeah you're 100% and that's what cost us and uh, we gave away the two goals as well with just kicking the ball away uh, when we should have held on to it um, we're disappointed with that because it was a mountain to climb but you're 100% right we didn't convert our chances and they did um, then with the ball cleared off the line uh, but we missed four or five scores from 30 yards and at this level you can't do that it sucks the life out of you uh, but in fairness to the lads they hung in there and uh, you couldn't ask any more for effort uh, and we'll dust ourselves down and we'll, we'll work on the, the next phase of shooting there's certainly a lot of positives to be taken out of the game that negative only really the wides because some of them were criminal especially when you get into good positions and you're driving about 10-15 yards wide when maybe someone has a better chance maybe pop the pass out to them and get the score but it just wasn't happening for the lads in the final third No absolutely and generally it does and I suppose look you're missing one of the best forwards in, in Leinster and Conor Crowley uh, who's guaranteed three or four points for you each game so you take the calibre of him out uh, you do struggle a small bit in the scoreboard but look Dara Ford, he was excellent again today. You know, and Ross Dunphy, he tried so hard. He made a few mistakes, uh, but he, he's he's such a go-to man to win the ball for us. Um, but yeah, look, disappointed for us. I thought we had massive performances. The two Bamplicks, two Clarks, um, Jordan Morrissey again, Dara O'Brien, excellent, you know. So Josh Moore, thought Connor died very well when he committed midfield, um, which is a big plus for us. He was an awful loss for the last three league matches. Brought him on the second half. Poor Niall Hickey pulled his hamstring when we brought him on again. So that's disappointing for Niall and for us. Um, so yeah, look, we'll, we'll dust ourselves down and uh, it's good to get game time into Mark Fury as well. Uh, but look, we just have to dust ourselves down now and we've Wexford next week, so see how that goes. How important of a result is Wexford, especially when you have Wicklow coming up on you in a couple of weeks in the Leinster Championship? Yeah, look, it's, it's ideal preparation if we're honest. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll dust ourselves down and analyse where we went wrong and work on that in training on Tuesday uh, and then I suppose a light session Thursday and then Saturday it's, it's massive preparation for the Wicklow game so yeah uh, we, know, we know where we're going wrong I mean you said it yourself anyone that was at the game can see that um, so look we'll just work on them areas and try and get it right for uh, Wicklow in a couple of weeks and uh, try and improve in the Wexford game next weekend what kind of work can you do to instill a bit of confidence into your forwards because there was times it looked like that some of them were nearly afraid to take a shot at goal yeah that happens when you miss one or two shots two opportunities that you should be getting that you, you tend to back off and not back yourself I suppose the, the thing for me is if you're a forward shoot I mean we'll never give out to anyone for missing uh, even though it's disappointing to a few of them miss today but you have to keep shooting or you won't score uh, so we just instill that in, into the boys this week and uh, get their confidence back up but look I mean in terms of effort and we were right in that game very competitive they couldn't put us away we were right in it and we just needed to nick a goal if we nicked a goal it could have been a different game altogether but look we would nothing to play for only preparation for the Wicklow game they had everything to play for so obviously our mindsets were quite different in, in, in that sense but no, I'd be very happy um, with the performance but uh, very disappointed with the two goals we gave away and our finishing and that was it I was just actually going to ask you that because if you took the two goals out of the scoreline 
there was very little between the two teams so how disappointing were actually the two goals in the manner they were given away yeah and it was we were on the attack going up the field and we gave we tried to force two executions of, of passes that weren't done and uh, we were going ahead of the ball and unfortunately they broke and, and that's how they got the two goals and you know in fairness uh, Chony, Kieran Cunningham has been excellent for us all year but I'd say he'd be disappointed with that shot that went in by the second goal he'd normally stop them uh, but he, he's, he's been super all year for us um, so I can't really fault him uh, but yeah two you know, two goals that weren't well worked, and um, you know, then we worked a great ball for a goal ourselves, and to clear half the line in the first half, that goes in. It's a different game altogether. Mikey done everything right to be fair ah, to. He did. He beat the keeper, and they just got a lad uh, just to clear it off the line. And Mikey was excellent again today. Uh, he's not a top player. And Lyle Murphy, he did very well. Sean, he was excellent on Splan in the second half. We put him on him. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think there's way more positives than negatives, and uh, we'll work on it. We're down now, and that's okay too. Uh, but we, we lift it back up for the Wexford game another positive and I think you might agree with me as I know you've been giving out about refereeing and the tackling especially in the last couple of games I thought Barry Tiernan today made a lot of common sense decisions you know he kept the cards in his pocket when he had to do it and refereed it fairly well from where we were sitting anyway oh yeah certainly Barry was next to draft today and um, more referees like him we'd be very happy um, <laughs> but no he was very good very good and uh, in fairness last week's ref in London was very good as well um, yeah that's all you're looking for there's always decisions to go for and against you and you'd be given out at the time but generally it was he uh, refed very well well thanks a million Oil. best luck next weekend well, thanks a million Brian Dowling disappointment etched all over your face complete opposite of a Friday by the way congratulations on Friday first of all but different kettle of fish here in UPMC Northern Park today Cork going away with a 10 point victory give us your overall thoughts of the match thanks Friday seems a long way away now um, look just very disappointed we just didn't play well today I don't know what reason we did brilliant training the last two weeks everything was going good came in today thought we started well you know first 15 minutes matched Cork for everywhere we could but after that then Cork would be far the better team and no, there's no excuses not good enough simple as that he certainly started very well and even up for the 10 or 15 minutes it was tip for tat between both of you but Cork just seemed to hit a couple of purple patches in the first half got four points in the trot and two first half spells and that really set him up going in at half time break yeah look Cork are flying in fairness they're hammering everyone so far in the league no tip probably put it up to him but you know Cork put up big scores up until today or as well as today and you know they scored a third 22 three points there today against us so look again it's just disappointing we were a bit all over the pitch really you know there's, there's no complaint we just weren't good enough couple of young girls on the team and let's be fair it was a very young team there when you finished the game as well and I know maybe there was nothing really to play for at the start of the game was that the, the reason of trying to blood in a couple of young players and throw them in as a, a game especially with the likes of Cork well look I suppose it was the girls deserved to come in because the girls on the pitch weren't performing simple as that so you know instead of just try a few different things and see what happened um, you know look we probably were going to leave before today but we treated this game like any, any other time once putting our best performance possible and we just didn't do that today uh, I said I can't put my hand on finger on why, but look, I know these girls and we'll just get going again. We've uh, you know play a tip next Saturday, and once that's over, then we have a big block of training for Leinster and Senior and uh, All Ireland series, and we just have to get ourselves right for that now. Looking at the overall scheme of things, where you are at the minute and compared to last year, and I know you're not pushing the panic buttons yet. 
but are things progressing the way you want them to progress that way forward or are you slightly behind where you would like to be? Yeah, well, look, obviously, performance like that today is not what we want, so you know that's not good enough and that's not what we're all about. But look, we're trying to put it right. You know, I can't fault the guys' effort. You know, the training that they're putting in, they're, they're working really, really hard, but it's just not happening in the matches at the moment. Um, look, we just need to get everybody back on the field, get our strongest team, and just try to go from there and try to improve. Well, I know you're disappointed. Thanks a million for having a chat with us. All right, thanks, Martin. Matthew Toomey, what a performance by Cork. You came up to Kilkenny's backyard here in UPMC in Olin Park, putting 23 points on the scoreboard. You're a happy man going home? I'd be happy with uh, the performance. Um, there, was, there was a lot of good points to it, in fairness. Like, but um, look, we know it's only March. Like, can he be back? We, we know doubt about that. Like, but look, all we have to worry about is today, and we're happy with the performance today. There's certain things we, we weren't happy with, like, but that's, I suppose, a good place to be coming away from here. He certainly worked on your puck out strategy for the week because I think he had a 100% record in the first half alone yeah. there. They were absolutely exceptional. And so was Amy Lee in the goal. She pulled off a fantastic save towards yeah. the end there. Unreal, world class. It was, it was good. No, yeah, great save. Like she, she, ordered, cause she, was, she left one or two balls down inside her. She, she gave Cape Power an opportunity to get a goal. But look, we, we, there's a lot of work being done. You know, we, I suppose from last year, we had to learn a lot. Um, I suppose we looked at ourselves and said... I didn't think we were playing the right kind of brand of hurling we had to look at ourselves this year to put our own mark on us uh, play the hurling we think we, we, we we're capable of playing you know so we're trying out we're, we're far from perfect at the moment but it's like you know we're still learning a lot with it but look do you know anytime you come up to Northern Park people can it's you know you have to be happy like, but we're not getting carried away and like, I've no doubt can he be there when, when the the heating's been turned on in the, the end of the year like. you said it is early days a bit yeah. like a Kenny at the minute you have an awful lot of injuries four yeah. cruciates yeah. that was done before Christmas as well I it's mean, it, it seems to be prevalent in women's sport at the minute that there's an awful lot of women that's actually getting ACL injuries. It's, it's unreal. Like, I, I don't know the extent of Murray Watch's injury there, no, like, but I, I, I went over to her because, like, I tell you, she's not playing today. You, know, that, that's, <laughs> you have to be honest about that. Like, but look, you have to, like, fierce admiration for her. I think she's an incredible hurler and you want to see her back out in the field as, as fast as you can. Like, and, you know, but it's unreal. We have four cruciates. We, I think we've nine injuries today, you know. It's it's just insane. What's I, I, like we we can't put a footing there. We're like we're we've all the exports going up to the century and all this kind of stuff. It's just it's incredible. Do you know it's sad because look we want the best of our players in the game out playing the game. Like you know we want to go toe to toe with Kilkenny with their full squad. And I'm sure I know Brian Dowling well at this stage. No, he's the same with us. Like you know, of course we want to win, but you want the best players out there. But it's just it's sad to see it really. Like look, Kilkenny and Cork always bring out the best in yeah. one another. They really do. It might not have been a classic here no, no, today, no, no. but to be fair as long as I'm involved I've never seen you put up 23 points you're yeah. certainly working on your scoring uh, you have to like, as, as I said uh, we've, one thing we have we have a load of legs out there like, so we have to use that Like, there's no point having the players up there and putting balls and so we're trying to run it's the spread of scores I suppose what we were happy with like, uh, like you know I'd say nearly all our forward scores say that's what you want and the midfielders chipping in as well it's just look as I say we're very very happy but I'll be going home here no, I, I won't be having the champagne and anything like you know very very level headed with this kind of thing you know we've been here before in the league final last year we end up with nothing so look we see how it goes so what you're telling me is we can't make you favourites for the league final on the podcast so well, don't put on the podcast <laughs> I'm watching this now for the alright yeah 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 no look fair play to you no look we're happy out but as I say it's March well, look congratulations yeah. and thanks for having a chat with Casey yeah. yep
Shame Kelly, your selector with the senior team didn't go too well for the girls today, but your manager of the intermediate team, and you had a very tough, tight affair down in Rosslare yesterday, but you came away with a one-point victory, three from three. You're going well so far. Yeah, no, like yesterday was... Um from my, my side it was a great test um, I'm sure everyone can see that every day we go out we have a, a slightly different team we're affording opportunities to girls you know we start some younger Rachel Brennan Hannah Lark and Ava Sheffield just to name a few give an opportunity to and Wexford brought a fight and we learnt a lot about the group yesterday we learnt about character like we were chasing the game for most of the first half first 20 minutes we done very little hurling Wexford dictated the play last 10 we got into it and that's the Kilkenny that we want to try to bring to that intermediate group at half time we had a, a good conversation about what we want to get out this group I want to get out of the year you know what I mean we, we give them the 10 minutes you know to, to, to keep the faith in them and then with 15 to go we ran in ran in some fresh legs and showed what, what the bench and the group can bring to the table you know like we can see the three goals and still won by a point in any, in any Camogie game that, that is an achievement in itself Credit. and I was just going to ask you because normally you're the one scoring the big numbers you scored 15 points yesterday which was great but you did concede those three goals as well were they worrying goals or were they well worked goals from your hand they were uh, they were they were they were, I suppose we straight up with you they were the worst off goals but the great thing about it was we have some learnings from it alright so the first goal we'll definitely learn from it it'll be, be a simple thing to go back coach and talking about that the second goal is one of those shots that was taken it just had the right trajectory and it went in the top left hand corner you know what I mean and the, and the last one will be a learning thing as well just about high balls coming in and we'll work on that on training you know what I mean like I wouldn't be worried about them because what I was be more worried about was that if we didn't respond yeah. every time they, they hit a net we responded you know what I mean we, we either free or a score and the girls show a great character and the girls who came into the field show great character and the girls who gave the 40 minutes show great character and that's what we wanted out of our group you've one game left against Tipperary here next weekend as well as home you've one leg in the league semi-final already so I mean it must be progress going well for yourselves I mean you must be happy with the way the team is performing and to get to a league semi-final would certainly be a bonus for yourselves yeah well, this is, it's Cork next week but um, sorry Cork I meant yeah the seniors have Tipperary here no you're grand um, no look yeah look we're going, we're going well and it's one game at a time and we're not losing the run of ourselves either like, you can go on and win the league final and then you can win the championship and form completely changes again we're trying to learn develop and grow this group using the league it's a phase of preparation it's, 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 a, it's a block of preparation you know what I mean and the great thing about it is every girl has contributed in the last three games on our panel and the girls that are across the from the seniors have contributed immensely as well you know so look we're going up against Cork they were in all Ireland final last year for experienced we know that okay so we have to come and just with a great attitude as I said great character and we give it one hell of a shot and let's see where we go well very best of luck in and no doubt we'll be chatting to you again next weekend and hopefully looking forward to a league semi-final let's see hopefully thanks very much Martin. thanks Jim alright passionate Bally Murphy woman Mary Murphy herself folks thanks very much for coming in and speaking with me today thanks very much Shane Uh, Tom I'll start with yourself Uh, big celebrations on the horizon now coming up in what just uh, a week away or so next Saturday night uh, 8 o'clock in the hall in Bally Murphy we're having our 40th anniversary celebrations Uh, 40 years on the go formed in 83 um, 10 10 former members uh, 7 of them which are still with us thankfully and we're looking forward to hopefully all being there Um, 
we have uh, the found, 10 founding members Mick Tool, Andy Nolan Terence Kelly Tom Foley Martin Grennan Christy Coleman Pat Keeley Pat Hickey John Lawler and Moira Murphy Terence Kelly from commentary fame not, the, not that Terence oh, Kelly right. no, no. <laughs> an equally famous Terence Kelly down our way uh, a great man um, great athletics man and a great GA man uh, and he was one of, the found, one of our founding members and when you say founding members like an indoor soccer club what, what, what are you catering towards ok so the hall was built in 1982 a community centre in Ballamurphy and then they had to decide what they were going to do with it so they decided to form a, an indoor soccer club uh, formed at the time and every Friday night uh, for the last 40 years uh, 10 weeks leading up to Christmas and 10 weeks after Christmas you'd have at the minute uh, we'd have about maybe 100 110 kids there on a Friday night um, and they play for 3 hours so we, we spread Unreal. that out over starting with the junior infants guys and all the way up to sixth class and it, it's, it is for children like oh, it, is, it, kids, it isn't kids, kids only you're not, you're not talking out yourself you're <laughs> going for the indoor I did originally in 1983 <laughs> but uh, uh, no I haven't talked out at the indoor soccer now in a while but uh, yeah it's it's all primary school only so uh, to, uh, it seems to be a bit of an institution then out in Ballymurphy if you're getting those ty- type of numbers yeah, it's 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 great. Look, the kids love it. Um, it's a great winter sport because it's in under you're in under cover. Of course. And uh, like I said, the, the junior infants start in there. They're the best crack of all. Um, and uh, Ballamurphy Celtic then started the juveniles in the last couple of years, and we're kind of feeding into that now at the minute as well. So it's a uh, it's a very enjoyable three three hours every Friday night. Um, great crack down there. Uh, people involved are brilliant. Um, we have one of our guys actually packing, packing, not packing it in, but he's he's moving on. His kids has moved on to uh, secondary school this year. So Shane Foley, who has been run, running it for the last ten years down there, is finishing up this year as well. So we'll be including him in the celebrations next Saturday night as well. Oh, lovely! And Mary, uh, for yourself, what's your association with the club? Well, back if I can go on or go back a little bit, back in 1980, uh, the possibility of building a community centre in Ballymurphy was muted. And prior to that, the only facility in Ballamurphy was the old schoolhouse, and that was built in 1893. So in 1961 then, School was built in Ballamurphy, and this building was just left there. So when I was a teenager, my, my early 20s, that was the only facility there. It had no toilet facilities, it had no heating. And then in 1980, when we heard that this was a possibility we you know we wondered really could it really happen and it did happen as Tommy said in 1982 so the group of people came together whom Tommy mentioned there in 83 they were parents of children at that stage we had two schools in Ballymurphy we had Ballydlishy National School and we still have Ballymurphy National School so the parents from those two schools came together and they decided that something should be done for the little the little people and they formed that now I was on the periphery at that stage because I had two little sisters Siobhan and Colette Doran and they played and I used to go over and watch them not every Friday night but I did definitely there for the final yeah it must give you some uh, sense of pride then to know 40 years on that this is still going oh absolutely it's unbelievable you know because this new centre was the the beginning of everything in Ballamurphy really it was just a little hamlet almost forgotten prior to that but suddenly we had this new building and uh, we had Ballamurphy indoor soccer for the kids of the area and then at one stage 
a girl from Ballymurphy married a man from St Mullins. Yeah. Not me, not me, <laughs> although I did marry a St Mullins man. But, uh, and she then, the kids, her kids went to school in Newtown, which was the next school, and it was in uh, the parish of St Mullins, and she asked, could her children play in Ballymurphy? And of course we said yes, so then we had three schools. Oh, brilliant. Like, uh, you, you can... We we talk about it a lot. I'm a, I'm part of a club that doesn't have a juvenile setup, and you you talk about how getting kids involved in sports from a very young age uh, helps feed into the community as a whole in general. So you're talking. Is there a connection with Ballymurphy Celtic then that are competing in the in the Carlow District League? Yeah. Well, look at the the Ballymurphy Celtic will be big supporters of us. Uh, a lot of the parents and stuff uh, cross over between Ballymurphy Celtic and the indoor soccer, and they all help us out. Uh, so we're kind of, I suppose, a feed. Uh, club for the Balmurphy uh, Balmurphy Celtic guys now at the minute you know um, and it's great to see like the junior infants guys coming through and getting on up and then togging out for the Balmurphy Celtic as well um, so yeah look there's it's it's definitely a feed in there to, to that you know but Balmurphy indoor soccer would have been there quite a while before yeah. Balmurphy Celtic so uh, there'd be a good tradition of soccer in Balmurphy um, going back to the back to 1983 and, and apparently beforehand I was told during the week in the old school in Balmurphy uh, there was a bit of soccer kicked in there before, uh, <laughs> even, with no, even with no heating and no, no toilet. So there would have been a good tradition of soccer down there, always. And, and uh, you have to call it soccer, of course, in Carlo, being a dual county and loving yeah. your football. You know, maybe in Kilkenny we get away with just calling the football. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's always been Balmurphy indoor soccer down there, and like says Bally Bally Celtic as well. So, um, but yeah, look at, at the hall committee down there. Uh, when we took over, the hall committee would have been a, a, a massive help towards at the time. Uh, it would have been say Matty Murphy would have been involved John Joe Martin would have been involved and uh, Mike Colton of course would have been involved down there as well and in recent times then Mick Joyce then and Shane Murray would have been the two guys and, and <clears throat> the Hall Committee have always uh, a nominal fee would have been charged to us mm. all they want to see is the Hall being used which is brilliant um, so we have the faci- use of the facilities there whenever we want it and it's, it's fantastic to have that you know So is the, the celebrations all taking place in the Hall then on the 25th? Yep, mm. the Hall on 25th at 8 o'clock where we have um, seven of our uh, of our founding members are still with us, uh, Hale and Hart, you know, uh, we give a big shout out to John Lawler who, who um, 92 I think this year, but he fell back uh, back in November there. He may not make it to, to the celebrations, but we'd be thinking of him on the night. Uh, he was one of our 10 founding members. Three unfortunately passed away, Terence Kelly, uh, great man as well. Uh, Martin Grennan, another great man involved in Sam Mullins, GA and involved in everything good around the place and of course Meyer Murphy who passed away there recently um, and all their grandkids are all kicking soccer in Ballymurphy at the minute which is, is great to see you know so it's uh, it's passed on tradition down along from parents to kids and their kids then start playing and it's uh, it's it's that's the way it's been going for the last 40 years and are, are you calling people then that have ever been involved within the club to, yeah. to come on the night yeah so we've, we're inviting down the seven members that are the founding members that are there and obviously representative of the three that have passed away and then the helpers all the way up along um just uh, off the top of my head when we when we took over about 10 years ago we took over from say Brian Bible Mag Ryan uh, Joe Breen Geraldine Curran so those four would have ran it for a number of years and then before them there would have been the likes of Mary <coughs> um 
John McDonald, Sean Ralph, uh, Myra, Myra Murphy was there when I started kicking. Uh, Nuala Coleman would have been uh, helping that time. Andy Nolan. So uh, anybody that's helped up along, we've sent them all out invitations um, and we're hoping that as many of them as possible will come down the night. Uh, we'll remember the 10 founding members and um, have a cup of tea and a get-together and a few talk, biscuits. talk about the games. We, we lost and won up, <laughs> up along the way, you know. So um, we're hoping it'll be a good night. Um, we'll keep it nice and simple. We'll have a photographer there and a nice cup of tea, a few biscuits, sandwiches, and uh, just to say thanks to everybody for all the work they've done up for the 40 years. Sure, that's what you want to marry. It shows no signs of stopping or slowing down anyway, no, does it? No, obviously it isn't, so, um, which is great because we do, we still have the school in Ballamurphy, you know, and there's 40 odd children there in that school. And as long as we have the school and we have the children in the area, then the, that club hopefully will keep going. Well, you you can tell the, the, the passion that you have for it is, is really yeah. shining through in, in what you're talking about and what some people might say oh uh, it, you know a, a soccer, an indoor soccer club which isn't really on the periphery of a lot of people's minds but to, to know how beneficial it is to your community it, it, it's, it's really heartwarming to hear Well it was the social side of it let's say because when it started off in 83 the children from Ballymurphy actually didn't know the children no. from Ballyglashine National School and it was only a mile and a half over the road Yeah. so that was one part of it and then when they were transitioning to Burr's vocation at least they knew a few more people when they were going in so it wasn't quite as frightening going into that big school and as well as that, uh, I, I just said it to my nephew, MJ, this morning, and he said, well, there was lessons to be learned there, he said, because he said, if you gave of your best, he said, and won, well done. But if you gave of your best and lost, then that was a lesson to be learned. But at least you'd given of your best, you know. And then the kids, the parents were there. They came every night to... Uh, change the jerseys and tug out the teams yeah. and that kind of thing. So these little children had their parents there in the background, you know, if there was a cut near anything like that, the tears started to flow, they could run to mammy or daddy there. So there was a lot of pros uh, to the, the club. And it sounded like there's a lot of memories that you have of the oh. 40 years. No doubt it'll all be coming out as well on the 25th. I wish you nothing but the best. If people want to find more information about it, Tom, where can they go? Yeah, there's a Facebook page, um, Ballamurphy Indoor Soccer Facebook page. So all the details are up there uh, on that. And uh, like I say, we sent out the invitations to all anybody that we could think of that would have helped over the years um, we're hoping there's a couple of the, the councillors um, the local councillors will be attending Father Rory will be there um, actually Tommy Kinsella one of our councillors I have to mention him he, he's a man who's been helping us out over the last number of years if we if we need a few funds Tommy is always on, on hand to fill forms for us to apply for grants um, himself and Mary Tool are the two in the local area Mary be the husband of one of our founder members Mary's a great woman for knowing what grants to fill up from where to go and between Tommy and Mary they've kept us they've kept us in the black for the last number of years so we're very thankful for that as well Well brilliant and I'm very thankful for you coming in and telling me uh, about what's happening out in your neck of the woods it's, it's, it's a fascinating story 40 years 40 celebration years. on the 25th of March you can go check out Bally Murphy Indoor Soccer Club on Facebook but for now Mary, Tom thank you ever so much for coming Shane, in and speaking with me Thanks, thanks very much Shane uh, We're going to keep our attention on soccer for the next 10 minutes or so just after the ad break I'll be talking to Eddie Shaw Assistant Manager of New York Boys after another success 
this morning and a success on Thursday. After that then, at half four, don't forget all the post-match reaction from today's games, yesterday's games and Friday's game. That's all coming up on Scoreline within the next hour. Don't go anywhere. You're very welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. It's just been a tremendous period for New York boys. We know about all the trophies that they won last year. Some big games they had this year. And they secured another championship victory on Thursday night against old rivals Cretillard. Did the same this morning against old rivals Cretillard. Joining me now on the line, I'm delighted to say, is Eddie Shaw. Eddie, how are you doing, sir? Can you hear me, Shane? I certainly can. How are you getting on? Not so bad, not so bad. Celebrating, no doubt, anyway. Just a tremendous kind of period for the club. We know about the success of last year getting the quadruple and now this year another two titles in the space of three days. Obviously, the work that goes was in beforehand, but you must be immensely proud. Oh, it's a shame! It's unbelievable. Like in fairness, now why only you sort of came back into the into the fold this year? Like um, what do you call it? Was um, one of the boys that was with Gavin on his coaching staff last year, uh, Shami Dorn, decided to step away. So Gavin approached me during the summer, just me to ask me to come in and give him a hand with with John McGrath himself, and but to, just to see. What I missed with these lads, it's unbelievable. I can see why they won the four trophies last year and why we have retained two of them already this year. They're, they're a great bunch of lads, great bunch of lads. The management is brilliant. Gavin is unbelievable. John McGrath. Unfortunately, Lee Murphy uh, sustained a, a serious knee injury uh, earlier in the season. And he's come in with us now and give us a hand. And, and he's a wealth of experience. So it's great. Yeah, it sounds... And I, 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 I won't lie, when I heard about Dean Kelly kind of leaving and knowing how integral he was, because a lot of time when you're putting up posts, say, from Newark, you'll see Dean Kelly scored again, yeah. Dean Kelly scored again. Yeah. But just seeing then the success, how you put it up to Bray Wanderers when they came to town, is, yeah. it's just incredible to be able to watch on. And I know I'm down in Kilkenny playing my trade in the Kilkenny and District League, but it's just brilliant to, to see how far you're going. Well, yes, it's unreal. Now, with Dean, like, as well, like, in fairness, like, a phenomenal player. Like, any club would miss him. But, like, in fairness to the boys, like, we had a chat with, you know, all the lads, and we said, like, you know, when Dino left, he said, it's up to you now, you know, to step up. And by God, did it. Every one of them. Like, every one of them. If you look over the last couple of weeks, all our goals, like, I know Cody got three on, on, um, on uh, what do you call it, on Thursday. Uh, Thursday night. But today, we won 4 0. There was four different goal scorers. In the last couple of games, we, we were after having four, three or four different goal scorers in all the last couple of games, which is this, like, you know, so the boys really, really just, you know, stepped up when, when Dino was gone, like, you know, so we have to give them credit. Yeah, you have to give uh, like uh, yourselves credit as well because uh, I know it was heartbreaking last year in the LFA Junior Cup semi-final. It was heartbreaking for me because I was gunning for New York boys and Evergreen in the final. I know Carlo Kilkenny rivalry on KCLR. It was, uh, yeah. was going to be buzzing for it. Unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't to be for either side. But yeah. you have a chance to rectify that yeah. this year. Yeah. You're going up against yeah. Trim Celtic and you've recorded some good victories along the way already. Yeah, and, and fairness, we actually played Trim earlier on in the season. We played them in the first round of the Leinster Senior Cup up in Trim. And it was sort of a, they were coming near the end of their season because they're sort of summer soccer. And we were just starting out on our season. So, like, the game actually finished 5-4 that, that, that day. That, and that was the start of our run for the Leinster Senior Cup uh, um, run. So, like, it was just, um, 
look at they're a good side they're, as well they're, they're, what do you call it there's some lovely players that day up there like, and it was a cracker of a game absolutely cracker so we're looking forward to that now next Sunday that's up and trim next Sunday yeah, it, it, the games don't seem to be stopping as well and I know when we were talking to Brian O'Reilly from the Carlow and District League the secretary he was saying that you were more than willing to kind of play games midweek because you kind of fell behind say in your league fixtures due to your outside competitions and yeah. so the lads seem to be quite up for it you know you play Thursday night you play it against Sunday yeah. you've been playing midweek fixtures and every now and again for a while as well so the games are coming really thick and fast especially as you get further and further into competition Exactly, and do you know the, the the beauty of the squad? I think there's a squad of 21 players, but like Gavin, there's no problem. As we said, like if we have to give one or two lads a rest, one, two, three lads a rest, the the one or two, three lads that come in will do just as good a job as the lads we take out. That's the beauty of it. They're all fighting for their their place as well. Like you know, every if every lad gets this one, lad gets a chance, he's going to say, "God, I'm going to have to show these lads, you know, I can stay in this team," which is great. Like it's absolute, and there's no, there's no bickery with them. There's no, oh, why are you playing him? You know, why are you, you know, there's none of that. It's like a family. It's the very same as a family. They just, they, they, the minute they're taken off, they, they encourage the lad that's going on, and vice versa. Even if they're the team, when the team is picked on the Sunday morning or the Wednesday night when we're playing, and what do you call it is, if the lads are not playing the subs, they encourage the lads the minute they go out on that pitch. It's, it's great. It's great. It's a joy to look at. It's a joy. Yeah, it's a, it's a joy to look on from our place. Now, obviously, commiserations to Cretier. I was talking to Peter Donnelly there uh, the, the, not so long ago in regards to the, the upcoming final and his first tenure in charge with Cretier. Mm. Uh, like, you've had some cracking battles over the years, in, in, especially in the Shield. I think 33 years the competition is in play for and 15 of the last 18 league uh, titles as well have gone either side of yourselves. Um shared nine shield titles between you like it's just madness uh, the, to know that that type of uh, rivalry is there so I know from your perspective you're probably saying fair play to Cretillard as well but meeting your rival in a final and then winning the league by beating your rival on uh, on the last day of the season you must be quite quite pleased with that yeah, yeah, of course you are as well like I mean in fairness to Cretillard I mean over the years like I mean they're, they were they were like top I mean they won nine, ten Premier titles, like you know what I mean, like and in fairness, what was what was so nice today, and I don't mean like it was that like it was the first time New York has ever won it out there. I mean, in fairness to Critty Yard, Critty Yard have won it in New York on us. You know, we 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 seen Critty Yard get the trophy in New York. Like we've we've gone out to to Critty Yard, sort of one two league games left. We might have New York might or Critty Yard might have beaten us. And then they won the next game, they won the champions, or we might have drawn, like, and we left the league behind us, like, you know. But Cretillard were brilliant back then as well. Like, they went on some run to, to win leagues, like. And, like, in fairness to them, like, at the start of the season, uh, every season when Cretillard was winning, we were trying to say, right, lads, we have to get Cretillard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like the back then. Now, as I say, tables have turned. They're, everyone is saying now, we have to catch New York. Things are cyclical like that, you know. Even yeah. you'll, you'll you'll see that in Kilkenny with Evergreen and Freebooters. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Like in fairness, now we like we haven't. We were just looking at it. Um, the season 2017-2018. Uh, Hanover Harps beat us one 0 up in the plots. It was the year Hanover Harps won the league, and we lost one 0 that day. And New York have not lost. A Premier League game since now I know COVID was in between there was no you know what I mean but they haven't lost uh, a Premier League game since that that year and they've gone 59 games 
uh, in the Premier League without losing a match. Madness. It's unreal. Unreal. That's, that's frightening. Like it is frightening. Like you know. But uh, listen, I can see how they can do. They've done. They've done that by looking at the squad of players that we have. Well, Eddie, look, I'm looking forward to seeing how you get on with the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, of course, that Evergreen, a new Oak game, could be on the cards in the LFA Thank Junior God. Cup after Evergreen got brought back into it due to Ashburn yeah. feeling an eligible player. But then, of course, yeah. you could be Thomastown, you could be Freebooters, but you all have That's to get right. past Trim Celtic first. So, uh, yeah. looking forward to seeing how the journey turns out. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully, like in the semi-final, then you have three Kilkenny teams and a Carlo team. Yeah, and I'll be buzzing in here. I can assure you that, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, thanks very much. Yeah, Absolute listen, gentleman. Listen, th- listen, thanks very much to Casey Lowe for all their help and work on the Carlo District League. All right. Myself, Shane O'Keefe, with you on until 6 o'clock. So an hour to go. And now I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a man who is no doubt delighted with how Ireland did in the Six Nations. Delighted with the success of Tullow this season so far. Maybe more to come. And also delighted with how SETU Carlo were able to get the Brendan Johnston Cup. I am, of course, talking to the one and only Johnny Tobin. Johnny, thanks very much for taking the time, sir. I don't even know where to start to be honest with you I, I suppose with uh, SETU Carlo just recording that uh, victory there on was it Thursday I, 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 I'm, I'm sure you were looking on absolutely just delighted Oh, I remember the final whistle blew I just I just stood on the sideline and I just looked around for two or three minutes I couldn't move absolutely euphoria it was unbelievable Consider last year the way the fashion we lost it in to win it this year against the same opposition in similar style fashion it was just oh super I still I still can't believe it I still pinch myself I think it's only a dream I'm going to wake up and have to play the game all over again because <laughs> it, it was tight for the, in the second half but you really kind of stormed ahead in, in the first half yeah and it's been a case all year where we stormed ahead and we put teams away and we come out in the second half and then we just run around with it but DCU and credit to them they stuck right in it and they came with a game plan I suppose for the second half to, to bully us and they did just that we went 17-7 in the half time we were a minute and a half in the second half it was 17-12 we were four minutes in it was 17 all so it wasn't um, wasn't long about a wake up call but look they've done incredibly well they spent 25 minutes in their own half of a 40 minute half and defended for probably the last 20 minutes we never left their half so it was incredible stuff um, I'm just happy this year Adam Johnson took the took the decision to kick the ball over the bar not kick it to the corner and we won 2017 so <laughs> history, history didn't repeat itself thank God uh, Do you have many lads that would have been part of the squad last year still participating and competing? Yeah we, we would have lost we would have lost maybe three last year but we gained five or six really incredible players this year um, some first years came in there Dylan O'Keefe and Connor Halfpenny and young Scott Sullivan there was playing with Hullo actually was playing today they would have came in and they would have added to the squad a lot you know because they're just I'm saying them all year these young lads are just crazy with the ball in hand and as a coach it's a nightmare because you don't know what they're going to do <laughs> but it, it, it works for them and it, and it looks good so it's, um, we just let them go with it at times I suppose and attack in rugby is, is organised chaos so you can't really put too much emphasis on it when we were talking about SETU Carlos, say we were talking to Alan Nolan, the GEA development officer, yesterday, uh, talking about yeah. the the Freshers hurling final that they have coming up. We talked to Christy Bulger about winning the Freshers uh, football division two title. Then we talked to, to uh, Sean Keenan from the soccer side of things after a personal cup. Why is it about the the university that seems to be producing such great sporting successes? 
think it all, it's like, firstly, it all falls down to the great team to have in the sports office, led by Donald McNally and his team, Michael Walker and the lads, and Paul uh, Hickey. They're brilliant. Like, they're, they're really good organisers. And Donald strives for the best, you know. He doesn't he doesn't let you doubt yourself, but he doesn't let you forget that you're also working for him and working for the college to provide the best facility you can and the best training you can. So I think then when the lads come from, like, and the ladies as well also, they come from different walks of life, but they also come from good level clubs. And we have to facilitate them to allow them to bring their own experiences into the training and their own knowledge, which makes it a little bit more open than a club scene. So you're getting, like, normally in a club scene, it'd be the coaches who would kind of dictate most and maybe one or two players, but... In the college scene, it's mainly players. It's player-driven. It's all, it's all about the players and what they want to do and how they want to play. And we just facilitate it. And that's what makes it good and it's enjoyable. And it's all, it's all centered. Well, I know for the rugby anyway, it's all centered around the enjoyment factor. We we didn't talk about winning Brendan Johnson this year. We didn't talk about winning the league. We just talked about having fun and seeing what happened and going with each game at a time. And that's what we've done. Why are you talking about in Tolo now at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to draw in the town's cup in 10 minutes time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like, uh, you've been on some some run of results there recently. i seen that you recorded a victory over Enniscorti today. Is that promotion now done and dusted for you? No. No, it's Enniscorti today with the town's cup. So we beat Sorry. the 29-0 in the quarterfinal of the town's cup. Um, so next week we play Kildara in Kildara. Which will, if we if we come away from that game with just a point, even a losing bonus point, we will get promotion in the league. We will go up to Division One A. But that's a big test too because Calera will want to lose. They're after winning their quarter final today. Um, I know there's nothing to play for in the league. They're safe and they can't get promotion, but they still won't want to lose. They still want to keep good form. They want to finish their last home game, I suppose, uh, of the year on a high. This like all these things will be in the factor of it, and we won't be going there with any any illusions that we're not going to be up against. And I guess we have been getting good runs of form, but we're not getting carried away with ourselves. We're still playing 15 other men that also have been going good runs of form. If you're playing anyone this time of the year, they're going quite well, and that's just the, the fact of it. So um, it'll be a big test now next Sunday. We're, we're, we're focusing, I suppose, the next 10 minutes to see who we draw in the cup. Yeah. And then after that, then it'll be all focused on to... Kildara, so. Anyone in particular that you, you're hoping to get that you have fond memories of playing? Uh, not really, because <laughs> any of these teams that we played in the cup, we haven't um, we haven't had fond memories of playing any of them, or even in the league. But look at it; it'd be lovely. The last four at the moment are Kildara, Carlow, Kenny, and Tullow. So, like, she's um, even for you there in the scoreline in case you lost. Ah, three teams that you covered there in the semi-final, you know. So. We drew one of them. It'll be nice. It'll be a great day out. But we drew Kildare, so we'd, we'll have to take it on the chin and go with it too and see what happens, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just, it all seems to be going quite positive uh, for, for the things that you're involved in, Johnny. Are you still with Kilkenny College? I'm still there, yeah. We have a semi-final on Wednesday and the first have a final on Tuesday. So it's all... Yeah, I, I seem to be getting through with the green this year. Anyway, <laughs> I am. I seem to be getting on all right, but... I'll take it, you know, because there's other years and there's been probably 12 years before this where I haven't been going quite well, so we'll, um, we take this one as a good year. Well, if Andy Farrell ends up going to the lines, you know, you might throw you in there. Oh, jeez, I don't know about that yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we, go for the time being. There was certainly a bit of a rub of the green yesterday all around Dublin. I was up, I didn't actually get to go to the game, but I was soaking up the atmosphere in the capital city and it was just amazing. Just It was a wash with green, obviously St. Patrick's Day the day before, but... England versus Ireland the first time Ireland sure. got the Grand Slam in Dublin yeah I was in at the game uh, myself and my wife were in at the game unbelievable atmosphere like I was at the time when Ireland bet the All Blacks in the Aviva for the first time the atmosphere yesterday trumped by 10 it was outstanding 
the noise, the volume, the crack, everything, everyone hanging around 45, 50 minutes. I know the presentation was on, but people hanging around, cheering the players, um, just outstanding stuff. Like that, was, that was an incredible win. I wouldn't say incredible performance from a coaching perspective. It was a nightmare. The first half was edge of your seat stuff, thinking England were going to do it here, but it um, looked got the wind done in the typical Irish fashion and the teams of all, where they haven't been able to do that, Irish teams of all have only been playing for 50, 60 minutes and then go out with a game. This team seems to play for 80 minutes and play well so and control games and it's all credit, I suppose, to the coaches staff and the leadership group that have done an incredible job there. I think they have the mind frame right, which is the biggest thing in, in, in all sports. If you can get your team to work for you, like the link between the players and Andy Farrell seems to be unbelievable. And that's, that's second to none as a coach. That's all you want at your players, not... Not fairly respect you, but respect you because you respect them and you work for them, and that's that's what seems to be going right in Irish rugby at the moment, anyway. Yeah, and uh, just looking back, like thinking back in, the, say, the opening what, 10, 15 minutes when there was a lot of handling errors and uh, England went six nil up and stuff. It kind of, I don't know, maybe the begrudging Irish nature. We were like, ah, oh, that's it, you know. But the the team really just was able to galvanise together and, and and really push forward and give us something to remember by. But was there any worries from your perspective uh, of the opening exchanges that maybe the occasion got to them? Yeah, it could have. Yeah, but you're, you're spot on there with the old Irish way. The Irish Jumbon, we always do it. If everything's going wrong with Jumbon, do it and we blame everyone and say, we knew it from the start, they'd lose, blah, blah, blah. But no, like, if you look at it, there's handling errors and there's there's a mental factor there as well. There was a lot going on there yesterday for, for that group of players. They were going to be the first team to do it. And I know they've been the first team to do a lot of things for Irish rugby, but Grand Slam is the greatest tournament in rugby history and they're going to win it on home soil. Sexton is going out in his last game. Uh, Josh Van de Flaers is going out with his 15th cap. Gary Ringrose is injured, missing from the squad. A few other injuries, notable Tyg Barney and Henderson, these lads who would have put in a big shift prior to this game. So there's a lot of things riding on it. I suppose, well, like everyone talked about Sexton's last tournament. I'd say a few other lads there will be their last tournament, but it won't be as galvanising as what obviously what Johnny Sexton is. Um, but I, I didn't think, I didn't think England would be able to hang it with them for 80 minutes. And the reason being, if you look at it, remember the first 10, 50 minutes of the game, a lot of their attack was based around Tuolaghi. Tuolaghi is a one-trick pony. He's either going to give you a great go-forward ball or he's going to give away a red card and be off the field. Now, it wasn't him to give away a red card in the end, but he, he doesn't offer a whole lot more. And if you, you bring a man like him back into your game for an Irish game, it's not going to work because there's no cohesion there. Whereas the Irish have been playing together, training together for two or three years to build towards this. So, like, I, I said it to my own lads, even on Wednesday, like, even against the ECU, they have a lot of great individuals, is what England have. But as a collective, are they there? I don't think so. Ireland are there as a collective. And that's what it always trumps in the end. If you have the collective, right, you're, you're on the back. Yeah, speaking of the red card as well, what did you make of it? I heard a few people saying it was quite harsh. Other people saying that, obviously, it was it was a harsh one to take in, in to the face, basically. What what did you make of it? Because it was, certainly was a turning point in the game, it seemed. Yeah, well, it, it looks sure it did. It, it dropped England down to 14. But, like, my opinion is go speak to somebody who suffers with severe headaches or severe concussions or a broken neck or a broken eye socket and ask them what to think about the laws are there to keep the players safe and at the end of the day whether we think it's harsh or soft or not the referee was spot on the money he said I had a second to think the referee well you talk about you put your shoulder in so he could have opened his arm up and lever into his chest he didn't he took he knew what he was doing so it's a red card and like you see all I see them all yesterday all these, and even the fans in front of us thought it was a bit harsh but like he cleared a lot it was the, the shoe was on the other foot and it was Hugo Keenan tucked his shoulder into fairly short the English would be looking for a red card so you know it's, it's like 
what can you do? Like you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, they're, they're trying to keep the game safe. They're trying to promote. It. They're trying to encourage people to let their children play it because people see that on television and they're young. I want to go play rugby. They're laughing. They want to do something about play rugby. It's not been done about headshots. Yeah, certainly, and it, it, like obviously, that's a big talking point within the the world of rugby and in, within the world of sports altogether. But just bringing it back to a bit more of a, the the positive aspect before I let you go, Johnny, because uh, there's been some great stories that we we've already discussed. But then Johnny Sexton coming out as the the all time leading goal scorer, like his legacy will will remain untouched. It seems for the foreseeable anybody. There's nobody that you would see immediately kind of taking up that mantle because the the, the handover from O'Gara to himself was it was just amazing yeah like you have to be realistic about it like I'd love to say that in 10 years time I won't be here talking about Ross Bourne but 10 years time I don't think Ross Bourne will be there as 10 whereas when O'Gara took the, or when Sexton took the mantle from O'Gara we, we knew we had 10 solid years in Sexton if not more we got what did we get we got 14 solid years out of him at, at top flight but I think it's I think it's a credit and a testament to him as a player and I know a lot of people give him a lot of stick for Bickler and referees and all been in their ear but he's a really hard to sleeve kind of player and he really leads well um, James Law said it best yesterday he's not your physical leader but he's your emotional leader and um, like it's, it's an incredible finish for him because to go out at top point score which there's no one even, I don't think there's any remotely close to him that's still playing I think Farrell is for 430 or 440 if I'm not mistaken and it's Wilkinson and O'Gara the two of closest and I don't see I don't see them two boys coming out <laughs> of retirement quite quick to catch them up. But um, <laughs> it's look, and it's great for Irish captains. Like you remember back to Brian O'Driscoll going out on the Six Nations Grand Slam. He went out as the most capable player of all time. I know he's not that now, but he went out on a high, and Sexton's going out on a high. So it's 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 nothing more than what they deserve, to be fair. Um, it's great for them, you know. Like he's he's done some serious stuff for Irish rugby. Gonna win the World Cup. Uh, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you'd still you'd still have to favour France. Like we've an awful group to get out of. And I think to be honest, if we get if we can get a good rub of the, the group, which is like there is no good rub. If we finish first or second, you have France or New Zealand in the next round. So like World Cup time, you'd still have to back New Zealand, France, New Zealand are top director in the top four teams in the world. Are we the best team in the world right now? We're ranked number one, but. In, in November we can say we're the best team in the world when the Web Ellis Cup is in Ireland sitting in Dublin that's when you can say you're the best team in the world you know are you going um, to it? I'm hoping to I'm, I'm seeing if the, if the boss lady will approve you know yourself <laughs> <laughs> see if I can snake out but yeah like it, it's look, it'd be great to get over to a game um, and, and see the atmosphere because I was over in France last year when Ireland played France in there in the Six Nations and it's, it's an incredible stadium um, and the French people are great there's great crack around Ruby over there as well so um, hopefully, hopefully get to a game. But look, at, you'd like to say that we'd be there thereabouts anyway. Um, I, th- I do think we'll break the. I do think we'll break the quarterfinal record. I do think we will get past that. I think we will get past that. But after that, it's like it's like all cup rugby. It's on the day and what you're what you're up against, you know. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing who you get in the next round uh, of speaking, the cup. Speaking of cup rugby, we just we just got confirmation there now. Give me one second. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> We got Carlo. Carlo versus Tolo in the tennis camp. I love it. Um, oh, you couldn't, you couldn't write this stuff. Br- this was a week of dreams. You couldn't make it up. <laughs> so that means Kilkenny versus Kildare then? 
Yeah, Kenny versus Kildara and Carlo versus Tullo. Oh, oh, we may have to go to that one, Johnny. I think so. I think I'll be getting out to some of the best. <laughs> Johnny, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with me. I know that you're going to go to the tactics board now and see how you can come away with a hopeful final appearance in the Towns Cup. But you have cause for celebration. You have cause for celebration. Johnny, thanks very much for taking the time, sir. Thanks, Ian. Mind yourself. All the best. Brilliant. Johnny Tobin there. You can catch his thoughts on the Knock On Rugby podcast. It's looking at Kilkenny. It's looking at Tullow. It's looking at Carlo. It's looking at all the local rugby news and international news. And why will they have stuff to talk about this week? You can find that on scoreline.ie. Right about now, you can go back and listen to a whole host of episodes. And it's always great to hear the thoughts from inside the local camps. It's like a Come On Kind podcast, but for rugby. That's your sport for now. I've been Shane O'Keefe. You can hear the show live every Saturday and Sunday from 2 to 6. We also have two sports shows on Friday and on Monday with both Eddie Scally and Martin Quilty. So you can tune in to them from 6 o'clock. I've been Shane O'Keefe. Stay safe, stay sane, and remember, above all else, you're sound out.